Hello, you are listening to a very special mini series of the Sustainable-ish podcast with me, Jen Gale, counting down to and celebrating the launch of the Sustainable-ish Living Guide, my book that is everything you need to know to make small changes that make a big difference. Join me for 12 days, diving into a chapter each day and chatting to someone marvellous doing good stuff relevant to the topic of that chapter to enthuse and inspire you to take action and obviously to get your mitts on a copy of my book. (laughs) One of my favourite comments I've had so far from someone who was sent an advanced copy is that it's the most eco common sense thing I've read, which I absolutely love because I feel like we all need a bit of eco common sense as we enter a new year and a new decade where we'll all need to be making changes. So we need to figure out how to make those changes work for us. The book is published by Bloomsbury and it is out on January the 9th. So if you're listening before that, you can pre-order it from all the usual places online Or if you're listening after that point, you can, of course, order it online or it should be available in all good bookshops. Or obviously, the sustainable-ish option would be to ask your library to order it in for you. Today, we're kicking off with day one and chapter one, which is conscious consumption. And I am so delighted to get the chance to chat to Sarah Lazarevich, author, illustrator and creative about her wonderful drawing, The Biarchy of Needs, which features very, very heavily in chapter one of the Sustainable-ish Living Guide. We talk about Sarah's own book, a pre- a a bunch of pretty things I did not buy, which is half memoir and half instructional manual on how to become more conscious of how much we buy. And she shares some of her top tips for stepping off the treadmill of consumerism. Enjoy. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to Sustainable-ish. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You're coming to us all the way from Canada, is that right? Yes. Whereabouts in Canada are you? I am in coldest Toronto right now. How cold? Actually, it's, not cold day. <laughs> it's only, it's three. Today is positively balmy. It's nice today. <laughs> Do you have snow? No, it's all melting into like hideous slush. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> the worst moment. <laughs> um, okay. Right. We're being very British and discussing the weather, but can you introduce yourself to everybody and let us know what you do? Sure. Hi there. My name is Sarah Lazarevich. Um, I guess I am a illustrator, writer, designer, creative director person. Um, yeah. And I, I tend to write about climate, sustainability, these kinds of things. Consumerism. I wrote a book about consumerism. You did write a book about consumerism. Tell us about that. Um, it came up oh gosh, like four years ago now, but um, it was just the the ongoing evolution of my environmental awakening and the catalyst was sustainability when it comes to consumerism mm. um, and seeing my own, my own purchasing, my own purchasing choices and suddenly, suddenly learning about the implications of those, those choices. So I started actually many, many, many years ago when I realized I was suddenly buying fast fashion and learned what fast fashion was because it was in its nascency a good Mm. 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and um, did some sort of shopping diets where I wouldn't shop for the course of a year. And they sort of got some media traction and interest and then wrote a small essay about 
tools you can use to keep yourself from shopping. And then later that was, um, and then that, that was uh, asked to be turned into a book. And so, yeah, that's a, a nutshell. What's <laughs> the book I, called? Oh, sorry. The book is called A Bunch of Pretty Things I Did Not Buy. Yes. And I just love that because it's, and, and am I right in saying that you've kind of documented all the things you kind of, you, you would have bought and then you kind of like have decided not to because you learned about the, the kind of um, impact, I guess, of all those things. Yeah, for sure. A bit of that and a bit of just like, I don't need this thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what was, what was the turning point for you? You said you, you know, it's sort of like been several years in the making or you discovered fast fashion. What, what was, yeah. the, was there a light bulb moment or was it just a, a slow, it was steady like a drip? slow dimming light bulb. I wish I could say that <laughs> I had like sudden and immediate yeah. understanding of the implications of my, my horrid purchasing choices, but it was more like a dull but dawning thud of <laughs> this is a horrible metaphor no it's just a, slow, a light slowly turning on until the horrible implications of fast fashion and rampant consumerism were yeah under a floodlight and I could uh understand a bit more how I played a part in that and I think it all began sort of in my early 20s I, I cite the time as just being that first moment when when you finally have when I finally had a job and like not a ton of money but just like you know not that you know pecunious student life where you know you're buying what you need with whatever money you have yeah. but like oh I have a job and there might be a little bit of money left over and I can buy whatever I want and maybe that thing is going to be an H&M shirt and then being like I don't need an H&M shirt I was a thrift store shopper my whole life why am mm. I just buying superfluous crap and so it definitely started my 20s and I write about this time when I was walking home from work I worked at I guess the equivalent of the BBC it's called the CBC mm-hmm. and no kids no mortgage yet just walking home and like having that luxury of being able to pop into a store and just buy something. Yeah. Not, not going in with an explicit agenda. Like I need a new pair of jeans and mm. just buying something totally random because I had that moment of being able to do so. Mm. And so that was just the beginning of it all. And then as I learned more and read more and yeah, yes. <laughs> I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it does. But, and kind of, and where are you at now in your kind of, not buying pretty things or like how strict or otherwise, or how do you, do you still feel the pull of consumerism? I mean, I do on occasion, but now I'm just older and I don't have time to shop and you do just kind of get over it. Um, And I know that's like not, not um, comforting to people who feel like they're in the midst of (laughs) coveting and wanting to buy stuff. I do still covet things. I am by no means perfect, but I just have a bunch of tools now that I use to measure whether I need something like, I am wearing the coziest winter boots that I just bought two weeks ago because I realized like none of my boots were warm. None of them were working. I bike to work in the winter Mm. and you know, I just had a more thoughtful process when I came to deciding whether or not I would make that purchase and buy the thing. I just try to own it and love it and appreciate it and not feel guilty that I bought a thing. So I certainly do things like I'll, you know, admire the clothes on stylish people and what have you, but you certainly just get to a point where you have enough and you're like, I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over it. Um, but it definitely, it was a long slog getting there. So and so, and you mentioned those tools that you kind of use. What, what are some of those to help people? Sure. Well, the big ones in the book that I think are, are still really helpful and to give you like a 30 second primer on behavioral science, like, you know, that rational, irrational desire to impulse buy that was what was happening when I was walking mm. home from like, mm 
oh, I love that dress in the window. I think I'll go buy it. Mm-hmm. Is this very like system two, like your brain just responding to the immediate emotion yeah. and not having the time to actually step back and deliberate. So the book is all about just what are those tools that would give you a pause and force you to step back and deliberate? And they can be as simple as just like writing down what you want to buy and yeah. saying, okay, I'm going to come back to this tomorrow or in 48 hours. If I still want it and need yeah. it and think I should buy it, I will buy it. It can be take a picture, you know, because people are always like, I don't draw. I like to draw. And I liked yeah. the idea of just like acknowledging that I thought something was beautiful and like honoring the fact that somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. made it, but you don't have to draw it. You can just take a picture look at the picture again, you know, in 24, 48 hours and be like, do I still really want this? And like a remarkable amount of the time, I mean, I'm sure it varies between individuals, but Mm. like, you're kind of like, eh, I'm over it. (laughs) I do that with the kids. Like if we're in a shop and and they're like, I really want this one. I I really, really, really want this. I'm like, hey, we're going to take a picture of it. And you know, if you come back to me in a week's time and say, I still really want that thing. If you remember that I've got the picture on my phone and you still want it, then we can have a think about it. But do, like, a, yeah. you know, it's, it's a way of getting them out of the shop without a tantrum, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> but that's genius. Cause my son does that all the time too. He wants everything he sees. Yeah. 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 Just, just being like, sure. It's not that I, I'm refusing this purchase. Mm. But everything should be a bit more measured and thoughtful. Yeah. And time injects a lot of sanity to the process of. <laughs> of consumerism (laughs) (laughs) it totally does now I think the first time I came across any of your amazing work is the biarchy of needs which um I think is well I don't know if it's viral but it's it's like it's really popular isn't it that people just seem to 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 get it so um and and I was just saying to you that it kind of pretty much makes up chapter one which is conscious consumption in in the book so can you explain it's hard to explain a very visual thing, but um, what the hierarchy of needs is and how, how you came up with it. Sure. Um, I always make sure to say it's the hierarchy of needs with apologies to Maslow. Yes. <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually not a hierarchy of needs. It's a complete bastardization of Maslow and his, his hierarchy of needs, which was sort of you work your way to the top pyramid and the top at the top of his pyramid is self-actualization. Right. So you've met all your base needs at the bottom, you know, food, water, shelter, sleep, at the top, you're self-actualized and you don't need anything. But if you yeah. actually look at my biarchy, it's the complete opposite. It's basically like a food pyramid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and but I just love the. I, I had it the other way, but I don't think people understood because people the familiarity with Maslow is not quite as widespread as one would think. So it's it, and it's much easier to understand as a heuristic the other way because people yeah. like intuitively like the idea of of this diagram in which all the things you know using what you have is the bulk of what you're doing at the bottom of the pyramid and at the very top when you absolutely have exhausted all other ways of getting what you need sure you you might need to buy something so just seeing that as a pyramid i think really like it is it's spread i think just because people need little reminders and it's mm. the same telling yourself to stop shopping if you have this thing on your wall you can just say, oh, right, because oftentimes I'm like, oh, I need to, my kid needs something. I need to go buy it. And then I'm yeah. like, wait a sec, stop your system one, like stop and just think, oh, I actually have, you know, they want a cape for their costume. Oh, I have a thing that I could just sort of like yeah. tie a bow to and it will be what they need. And so um, I think people intuitively just search for ways of having, having or the ways of making this more, more easy for them. Mm. And so it's a good little shorthand. And like the layers are my personal personal tiers of how I would go about things, but people have adapted in many different ways, which are, are all great. And it's based on just, you know, maybe you have the luxury of being able to borrow things from someone. So that's your second tier or maybe you're yeah. crafty. So that's, you know, higher or lower on your, on your pyramid. It's yeah. anything, anything that like 
sort of in general keeps you from getting to that buy. And so all the other things in between, other things below below buy are wonderful. It's just yeah. a matter of what you have access to and in your community. Yeah. And, and I said to you before we hit record that I was quite intrigued to talk to you because I've, you know, kind of basically gone through the hierarchy of needs in chapter one of the book and um, and it, that's kind of my interpretation of what what you've what you've put in that picture. But it'd be really interesting to hear kind of your interpretation and what those things mean to you. So, like completely putting you on the spot, can you remember off the top of your head all the layers? And <laughs> yeah, I have a headache today. So, I mean, the, the the bottom one is just the to me. It's always a just remembering to use what you have mm. because for me, that's usually the biggest challenge. Like often, I just have it. Yeah, and like. Like we have so much stuff and I know there are people who don't have things, but in general, like, you know, we live in a time of just so much plenty and we can access what we want for cheap. And, you know, everybody's got that drawer full of like yeah. bits and bobbins in their house and like stuff. You don't even know what you have anymore, you know? So yeah. like, I sometimes it feels harder to go and root through and find the thing that you probably, you know, you've probably got somewhere than it is just to go and get it because you know you and can the get it economics are so skewed. that's exactly it I'm like I could search my whole house for a purple t-shirt for somebody's great costume that I know I have somewhere yeah. you know or you know H&M Kids is selling it for $4.99 and yeah. so I want to do that so I have to remind myself that even though it's a bit more work just have an inventory of what <laughs> what mm. you have like a loose one and just yeah, do, yeah, your yeah. Best, do your best to see if yeah. you can dig up some vague approximation of what you need yes yeah yeah <laughs> Um, and then can you remember what's the next one that you've put up that's on there? Um, is it not borrow? I think it's borrow. Mm. Uh, actually, I can pull it up for you. It's <laughs> and I'm going to share a picture of, because you're, um, we've, we had to get another illustrator to, with your kind permission to do the biorock if the needs in the book. So yours is beautifully colored and illustrated and stuff. So I will post a link in the show notes of everything. Oh, thanks. It's totally arbitrary. People made their, their own versions um, in like black and anything. Um, it's borrow because it, for, from my perspective, the next best way is to not exhaust any more resources. Mm. So if you're able to borrow, and also I write a lot about the amazing benefits of borrowing, how it fosters community. Yeah. 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 Reciprocity and, and, um, the increased utilization of objects themselves because we have so many things, you know, mm. there's a stat about how the average uh, uh, drill gets used for 13 minutes. Yeah. So if you think about the waste of just like so many people having drills in their houses, yeah. borrow the drill from someone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah useful to you but it's also like greater utility for the for the item itself that mm. is like a machine getting covered in dust yeah <laughs> so yeah and then um what's after that oh yeah swap and thrift so sometimes people change these layers i like swap because you're still not you're still not buying a new resource you're just uh -huh. exchanging with someone yeah. and sometimes sometimes you don't have sometimes someone in your immediate network or community can't loan you or give you that thing. So the idea of swapping is like, it's again, still reciprocal. Mm -hmm. So you're getting what you need, giving someone something they need. So you yeah. might even, that's better because instead of just borrowing, you're also helping them not buy by giving sure. them something they hopefully have some utility for. Yeah. And then um, thrift, just if you're going to buy things, buy them lower down the food chain. So buy the, you know, second or third, iteration of something, something mm, that's been mm. before yeah just so that you always and I think that's I always forget I got it right here oh make and I'll oftentimes think there's so many makers out there and they'll that I get that comment a lot they're like why isn't make further below I don't understand and I'm like is if, if, if you're making to me um subsumed and use what you have is making based on like you know 
use what you have means like take the things in your house and make yeah. something to suit your needs. Yeah. But if you're making where you're having to go out and, and use new resources to create the thing, sure. then it's still creative and that's a great and wonderful thing unto itself, but you've used more resources. Sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, yeah. Yeah. If I, if I want to make my kid a costume and I have to go to the craft store and buy like, you know, seven reams of like shiny yeah. at value village, then it's, it's a creative project for me, but I'd rather work towards, is there something, yeah. some, some way I can use what I have to sort of engineer that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the gist of it. Cool. And um, then kind of by at the very top there, have you got any criteria for yourself when you said you bought those new boots and, and you know, any criteria for yourself when you are buying something new or do you literally just like, is this something that I'm going to really love and use and... So my other thing that was in my book, it's, um, if you know, Michael Pollan, he has like eat food, most, not too much, mostly plants. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, um, I I say buy clothes, not too many, mostly quality. Mm. Like, because I think if you give yourself, I try not to buy any fast fashion at all. Um, there's a, like a guilt complex that pervades. (laughs) There's the amount of, we have a finite amount of time in the world. I, I'd say like 90% of my choices when I do pot, buy something are, are good. Like I bought boots that were made in Montreal. So they're local and they're made by like a local boot company. Mm. And you know, it's a small, it's a single store. Yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to do my best there, but then sometimes the only pair of, you know, leggings that my son will wear <laughs> are like a fast fashion brand and he refuses. We have so many hand-me-downs, like amazing, cozy, comfy sweatpants hand-me-downs but the only sweatpants he likes are a brand of horrible fast fashion sweatpants. And after like rinsing them every single night, I went yeah. and bought another pair just so we yeah. have two in the mix now. And I'm not going to beat myself up about it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Horrible. I feel I don't want to support fast fashion and the practices and anything like that. But I think just being gracious unto yourself and just saying, mm. like, I do my best all the time. And then when I have to do something like, yeah, <laughs> there's certain things that are just impossible. And that's because like, we need not just, you know, personal, I, it's not all about personal behavior and mm. it's, you know, the huge systems change and policy yeah. changes that we need so that people can produce underwear that's sustainably made that doesn't yeah. cost $300 a pair for a toddler. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's just certain things. That yeah. And because I work and don't have time to like hand sew something. So yeah. I think if you just treat yourself with like the same kindness you would bestow on other people and yeah. try to buy the most sustainable things, that's my rule of thumb. And I used to be much more militant. Like I can't ever, ever buy this thing. I mean, yeah. I do my best and yeah. And I tried not to buy anything, but like when I do, I do. And like and I, saying, I think it's about, you know, uh, you are, you, you've, you've made that choice as a very conscious choice and a very kind of thought out choice. And you're aware that, you know, it's probably not the best choice you can make, but it's the, the best choice you can make for now with the, in the circumstances you're in and all that sort of thing. And I think that's a lot of it, isn't it? It's that, um, yeah making the best choice you can in those circumstances and yeah. and not beating yourself up for not being perfect because none of us is perfect. Like, you and know. also, yeah. And the one thing I should always say also like this elitism to be truly like a, a righteous cons- consumer, you have to be so wealthy, mm. right? So like, I mean, if you don't have a lot of money, I don't have, like, I'm not a bajillionaire. Like I'm a person who works and lives in a, a large city where it's expensive, you know, just understanding that people have to, have to buy what, they need to clothe themselves. And yeah. if you don't have the income and you have to buy all your clothes at a place that doesn't have the best labor practices, like 
that is, mm. you've got to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we got to work to change the systems that create a world in which that happens. And those are, you know, um, like a million degrees more challenging than, <laughs> than whether you're spending, you know, $20 on the bamboo ethical yeah. source leggings or $4 on the Walmart ones, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so what, like, if somebody's like reading the book or they're coming and they're seeing the bioarchy of needs for the first time and that sort of thing, like, what would you say were the some quick wins for them maybe in terms of consuming more thoughtfully and more consciously? Yeah. Well, it's exactly what I said earlier. It's just stop, take a few deep breaths. Mm. <laughs> and then if you need, if you need sort of a heuristic or like a way of sort of like figuring out what your, sorry, no one, no, your radio readers can't see me gesticulating. Your radio <laughs> listener, sorry. Um, you Hold on one second. Cause my kids are just knocking on the door. What do you want? Wait, just wait five minutes, okay? <laughs> it's Friday afternoon and they're allowed screen time and they're like, I need more screen time, mommy. I need more screen time. <laughs> Our screen time starts this late late this afternoon as well. So <laughs> sorry. Um no. you were saying um it's all about taking that initial pause because honestly mm. that's when half the damage is done. There's like I won't get into the you know behavioral psychology behind everything, especially when you purchase online, you know, put it in your cart one one of these items remaining the scarcity principle the yeah don't buy right now you're going to be left out um the various enticements marketers use to like make you feel mm. like you, must, you must make that that choice now because they know that that's the best time to get you and if yeah. you deliberate and think about it for longer you're they're going to lose that they, they lose you in that funnel so just just knowing that like yeah. right and stepping back and saying i'm going to take a few minutes to decide whether this is something I really need. And then that that pause is so important. And I think, you know, my whole thing started, we spent a year buying nothing new and that enforced a pause on me because we couldn't just kind of knee jerk go and, you know, Oh, I need this. I want to go and get it or chuck it in the trolley as you're going past or whatever. So it was that enforced pause. And it is so powerful because as you say, like 24 hours later, you'll be like, what? I don't even remember wanting that thing. Yeah. Yeah really yeah. really powerful yeah and your kid thing is such a good example because i'm remembering now like sometimes my kids say they want something and i take them so seriously and if it's something that i think that is useful to them like a book that they like yeah is, yeah, yeah. Development, then i may struggle to get it and it takes me a bit of time right because i work and then i have to go like find yeah, this you yeah, know, yeah, creative yeah. item and then by the time i bestow it upon them they don't even want it anymore yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. Just the pause. The pause is so helpful. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. What um have you? Has anybody ever had a bioarchy of needs tattoo? Oh God, I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if I ever got a tattoo, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, please don't show me if they have. <laughs> um, no, people are amazing about it because people are like um, so much. You know like so many of the things like I don't even uh I, I have posters available because sometimes people will ask but like my preferred thing is like you know if you're in Australia and we're going to ship a piece of paper mm. from California to Australia I know at a certain point in time like we have to be again forgive ourselves for the things that we think will be helpful in our lives and, and but I say like it's you know think about the carbon footprint you can just mm. print I don't care just print it out at your house and you have it there yeah <laughs> so I like the idea of people like drawing it on their old clothes or you know probably not drawing it on their skin but with, like if there's a way that they need to remember it like just draw it on your wall and then you don't yeah. even have to buy anything or get anything shipped you can just have it yeah probably, so I think I've said that but you know like stick it to your fridge put it inside your purse whatever you need to do yeah. to have that people kind of at the send me pictures of it on their fridge and I'm like that is amazing to be like inside <laughs> a place in someone's fridge is yeah. so cool <laughs> 
Oh, it's been so lovely talking to you. And a huge thanks once again for letting us use that um, bioarchy in the book. No Congrats like, on your book. If she says no, like this chapter one needs completely read. <laughs> no. no, it's fine. I honestly appreciate being asked because sometimes people just like change the meaning a little bit. Right. But then tag me and I'm like, oh, I, it's not that I, you need my endorsement. I don't care at all. But like, it's not the same thing. Oh, <laughs> oh well, I hope I've got the, <laughs> got the right. meaning that's, right. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Thank you so much for tuning in and for joining me in counting down to and celebrating the launch of the Sustainable-ish Living Guide available online and in all good bookshops from January the 9th, 2020. Catch you next time.